0: Hello and a very warm welcome back to Growember November here on Exam Study Expert this month, which is a series of special episodes dedicated to helping you grow and advance through your academic journey. Last week, I was sharing some of my uh, secret tips for how to interview really well for competitive programmes at universities and colleges uh, and help you get the offers you're looking for coming up over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be introducing you to some experts on specific courses of study at university level, from chemistry to medicine, to help you decide if those subjects are for you and to explain how to uh, successfully apply for them. And if you're already studying that course, the experts will also be sharing a few secrets on how to thrive when you are a scholar studying that subject. But first, I want to spend a little bit of time today talking about what, let's face it, is pretty much the ultimate destination for most of us after all that studying, how to get hired into a rewarding and satisfying job role. Today then, I'm joined by ace career coach Sonal Bald, who joins us fresh from launching her hit new podcast, How I Got Hired, which I definitely suggest you check out if you enjoy listening to her here today. Sonal is the real deal. She had a long career as an HR director across three continents, Asia, South America and Europe. And over the course of this, she reviewed an estimated 250,000 resumes and CVs and conducted over 5,000 interviews. As an interview applicant herself, she even managed to get five job offers during the last Great Recession. So she knows exactly what it takes to get the job offer you want, even in the tough times we face today. I speak from some personal experience when I say she is very good at what she does uh, because I've actually experienced some of her coaching in the past. These days she's in incredibly high demand so I was very excited to persuade her to come and share some of her top tips here with us on the podcast. So listen in to discover the secrets that will get you the job offers you're looking for from part-time work to summer internships through to full-on graduate programs and beyond. Let's meet Sonal and break down what it takes to get hired. Sonal, a very warm welcome to the Exam Study Expert podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me, William.
0: It's a huge, huge pleasure. And um, would you start maybe by introducing yourself and, and telling us a little bit about what you do?
1: Absolutely. Uh, so I have an HR background, worked in human resources for about 20 years in um, India, South America, and Europe, and with all sorts of interesting companies, large conglomerates like GE and PwC, family-owned companies, mid-sized, and, and startups. And I am now a career coach. So what I do is I help people and give them this competitive edge that they need, um, particularly in today's environment. You know, And whether that's to land that dream job, to get that promotion, or to lead a happier, richer, and more purposeful life, that's my mission.
0: Nice. Very nice. Do, do you have any sort of general advice if you're not sure what to apply for? You see all this choice, all these different routes opening before you. Any sort of general advice for choosing which route to go down if we still haven't made our mind up yet?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So I have uh, tons of things I can share, both the mistakes that I've made and lessons I've learned. But yeah we we don't have too much time today, so I'm going to be brief <laughs> sure um th- there's two things one is there is no wrong answer you know we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, and if I do this, then what if it goes wrong? you can change you're not a tree, you can move <laughs> you've got legs yeah. so number one, you know use the next opportunity that you get whatever you get as a stepping stone and number two, you don't have to worry about being too niched and too specialized right away because they say the riches are in the niches and and there's no problem with that in fact the broader you are uh, you can always change and it's related to point number one but you know if you're absolutely sure you want to be a journalist okay go ahead and do the journalism degree but you can still be a journalist if you study sociology or or political science or or what have you honestly it it doesn't um, matter so just ease a little bit of the pressure off. I wish I could have told this to myself, you know, 20 yeah. years, because it was literally 20 years ago, the year 2000, September, when um, I was in the same process.
0: Now now you mention it. I think that was a, a big part of the decision-making process for me at, at, at many junctures, uh, choosing where to go to university, choosing where to apply for a job, that, that kind of idea of, well... I like lots of different things. I'm going to keep my options open yeah. <laughs> and do the thing that allows me to maybe go off in different directions.
1: Always a good idea. Keep your options open. It's a brilliant you you cannot you cannot go wrong with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. So, uh we've decided where we're going to apply. Um I want to ask about the the CV resume first maybe just give us a few thoughts on on what the structure of a good CV looks like. Uh, you know, is there sort of one standard template? Does it vary by industry? You know, what What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, again, a great, a great question. And we could literally do like one episode yeah. of yours, Will, <laughs> just on this topic. There's no right or wrong answer, but I do want to say two things. Um, one, it's like I said before, it's a, a document. Uh, of your accomplishments. So, we've got to stop thinking of it as something very descriptive. It's not descriptive, it's achievement oriented. And I, you know, if if people walk away and they don't remember anything from this episode, I hope that's not the case, but if they don't remember this, so it's a marketing brochure of all your achievements and how awesome you are and what a rock star you are with obviously truths in there. It's not, I did this and then I did this and these are my studies. No, what makes you different and uh, your USP your unique selling proposition, how did all of the stuff that you did, how did that help you to stand out? So that's sort of the overall, um, you know, theme. And, and when I work with my clients who are usually at, at, the, at the executive level, uh, C-suite and just below, you know, C- CEO, C- CFO, etc. I tell them the same thing that I'm going to tell your listeners right now. So think of three themes. What are those themes around my resume and focus on those themes? So I'll give you an example. My theme, okay, MBA, HR, international, simple, idiot-proof, These are my themes and go around in the document and see whatever I talk about is covered in, you know, these three themes are covered. And the structure, I would say, keep the top part and the bottom part attractive. It's important. And and for your American listeners, they're going to cringe when I say this. But, you know, um, a a picture of yours is really helpful. It helps to put a name to the face and humanizes you. But I know in certain cultures, like in Scandinavia and the United States, this is frowned upon. So obviously do what is Um, accepted locally, but it's a marketing document, right? So you at the top, you've got your picture, if applicable, and a summary. I'm a big fan of the summary. Like, this is what I do. And the summary has those keywords in there. And what are those keywords? The keywords are the things that people are looking for. If they're looking for a website designer, you've got website designer in there and you've got an example of it. So it's four or five lines. And recruiters are not the most... How should I say this? Because I used to be in recruitment for so many years. (laughs) I have to make sure I don't uh, tick anybody off. Recruiters are flooded with applications. Like it's not a joke, even with software systems in place. So you want to have them, you know, it's like what we say on Instagram or social media, scroll stopping. You want to have something that makes them stop on your application and look. So a very attractive summary, the top part, if picture is there, great. And then the bottom part. And the bottom part, I'm a bit of a risky person. I'm a bit of a rebel. I don't just want to write about what other people write about, but I also like talking about personal interests. Uh, And not like I love reading piano and cycling. No. No, no, that's boring. And by the way, many people think this is a ridiculous idea and I posted something on LinkedIn about a month ago, Will, on this exact topic. It got like hmm. a million a million and a half views and wow. which was insane. It completely blew up, but the majority of the people in there including recruiters said it's a brilliant idea. I mean, illustrate a little bit. So, okay, if I like jogging, what do I do? You know, I do my, you know, 10k every day. What is it? If I like golf, what's my handicap? If I like cooking, what's the best dish i've ever made you know go out there and show some personality and don't be scared of it but obviously do it if it feels right to you you know don't force it and if it feels right to you and and by the way i even use humor sometimes very subtle you know politically correct gentle sort of humor in there you want to establish a connection with the person who's reading your cv because at the end of the day that's what it's about the CV is not gonna get you a job. I don't know anybody who got a you know who got a job because the CV was awesome. What the C V is supposed to do is help you to get your foot in the door of the interview room. That's yeah. what it is. And once you're in the interview room, you know, you're gonna be great. You know, your personality comes through, all of that stuff. But but it's not fair when I see great people rejected because you know the CV didn't do justice to them. So top-bottom part of attractive marketing brochure um, achievements, achievements everywhere and have some personality. Those are, that's my short answer.
0: <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm aware you're distilling down a lot of experience into, into quite a short and succinct, uh, overview. So, <laughs> um, I'm just curious, you, you mentioned your time wading through hundreds of CVs, uh, anything that you can remember as being a surefire way to land straight in the no-pile.
1: Yes, um I'm not gonna say one, I'm not one of those people who's unforgiving when it comes to typo errors because I think people are human. It is a little like it draws attention in a negative way, but it's not for me um, a reason for rejection. But I'm not in the majority. majority of people don't like it. So if you've not paid attention to that, the few simple things that people sometimes don't pay attention to, can be attention to detail. For example, uh, one is the type of thing, but but it's not just that. Um, It's also, you know, if your dates don't add up, like something is weird, Um, you've got something to hide. And if you have a gap in your CV, it doesn't matter. I, I have a lot of information on this on my YouTube channel and how to address your gap on your CV. If you've, you know, had a break in your career for whatever reason, Um, address it. I'm one of those people that thinks, You shouldn't sort of hide from it because someone will reject you. See, they're going to reject you anyway because something doesn't add up. And the third thing is don't lie. Don't make up stuff. Don't lie. Uh, There's data to prove this. Uh, You know, CEOs have been fired 20 years after they were hired for a job because they had lied on their CV and embellished, um, you know, diplomas and stuff like that. If you Google it, it's, it's shocking stuff. So, you know, one might think, you know, I can get away with it. A little white lie here and there doesn't do anything wait (laughs) life is long okay (laughs) and it's not worth it um at all and also help the person you know when when you're making your cv like put yourself in the shoes of the recruiter help them to figure out how are is your awesomeness relevant to their problem help them figure it out um a lot of times that's not the case. It's just sort of a very detached document. I don't necessarily feel the pull. And if I have to choose between three, the ones that make more of an effort in the you know establishing the clear-cut connection between them and the problem I have today, because they're speaking my language, that's the one I'm more gravitating towards.
0: So does that suggest maybe tailoring the CV for each individual yes. application?
1: yes you 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 said it but 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 there's a big but um some people go crazy and you know if you have three other career coaches um will on your podcast you're going to get three different replies so i do sure. want to give this i do want to give this disclaimer i feel like sometimes i have to you know give a lot of disclaimers cuz the world can be a little sensitive place uh but don't go crazy with the tailoring like people will spend hours and days uh it just means tweaking a few words here and there and if some of your experience is more relevant to this particular job because it's graphic design and you did some stuff, then highlight that a little bit more. So it's it doesn't have to be, you know, massive amounts of work. But at the same time, you can see the effort. I like one base CV, which is for everything. And then, you know, one or two or three customized, depending on the industry or the function. And no more than that, because I think it otherwise gets pretty overwhelming.
0: Got it. Got it. Well, I think that sounds like a pretty, pretty sensible strategy to me. Good. So the 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 CV's been met favourably. We've we've succeeded in getting that foot in the door, and, and we're invited to to interview. I just love from from your perspective a, a few thoughts on what to expect in an interview particularly at grad level and i know it varies a bit by industry and there'll be different requirements for different industries but you know, if if we've never been to a job interview in our lives before uh, any general thoughts on on what sort of thing to expect when we when we walk into that office uh, for the first
1: time what i'm going to say is interviewing is one of the most inexact sciences out there it's a uh, a huge amount of bias in interviews. It's just the way we are as human beings. Until we reach the day that robots are doing interviews, this this is going to continue to be the case. So knowing that and knowing that it's about personality, go in there and think about two things, the content and the delivery. So the content is what I'm going to say and the delivery is how I'm going to say it. That's number one. The second is... I I call this the CPR approach when it comes to your homework. So, you know, CPR as in, you know, (laughs) giving someone CPR. Yeah. Company, position and recruiter or interviewer, whatever you want to call it. I like recruiter because it ties in nicely with CPR. So tons of homework on the company, but not the standard stuff that everyone does, which is the website and, and all of that, but also completely, you know, look on their social media. More and more serious companies are now on Instagram, for example, and they have a Facebook page. So check out what's going on there. What are they talking about? What are they talking about in LinkedIn, Um, in their on their LinkedIn page? And all of that comes together and you know, you're know, you looking at the earnings uh, call and their financial statements helps you to understand the company a lot better than candidate B, candidate C, who just look at the website and that's it. So that plus P, which is position, read the job description like four to five times, like really every single word without interruption, without distraction, just read it. And when you do that, you're going to read between the lines and you're going to see okay, this looks like this is the problem and this is the reason this position exists. You know, whether I am applying to a brand new position or it's a replacement, it doesn't matter. So how can I go in there and help them to solve their problem? And usually the problems are related to three things. How can I help this company through this position to, number one, save money Number two, make money. Number three, save time. And if you can tie that nicely together with ideas and clear-cut strategies using the same language that they use on their social media and their websites, you know, if their department is called For example, if it's human resources and they call it people operations and you hear you see you see PO written or ops written, P ops written, use those type of use that lingo. And I had a video on um, LinkedIn last week, where I call this the Jedi mind trick. Play these Jedi mind tricks for all my Star Wars fans out there. And when you are doing, you know, using that lingo, using the vocabulary and talking to them like you're in the company already, you know. When I would start this role, what can I expect in the first 90 days? That sounds way more powerful than what are the, you know, what would be the challenges for the first 90 days? You know, for example. So, these are all part of the Jedi mind trick and the person on the other side is like, I can already imagine you doing the job. Like you're amazing. I can imagine having lunch with you in the cafeteria. And that's what we want. So that's C and R. R is the recruiter. And this is my favorite part because at the end of the day, we're all people. We like people who listen to us. We like people who like us back. So the KLT comes in, the know, the like, the trust, the KLT factor. And how can you do that? When you go in there, research the heck out of this person who you're going to be meeting. Check out their LinkedIn. Check out what they're posting. You know, are they open on any other social media sites? What's been on their mind lately? And then make them talk. This is my favorite thing, make them talk. And people like, you know, they have their jaw dropped to the ground when I say this. I'm like, they're like, how can that that is make makes no sense because this is your interview, you're the one who's supposed to talk. And at the end, they will say, Do you have any questions? I'm like, no, no, it's a two-way street. And you don't have to be so like in their face, but it's a two-way street and it's a tennis match. So the more you can make them talk and ask them very thought-provoking, intelligent questions. And I have a lot of resources on this as well. They love talking about themselves. We love talking about ourselves. I don't want to say we. We are, as human beings, we just want someone to listen to us. And if I'm going to be talking 50% of the time as a recruiter, And you're on the other side and you are in rapture, like you're listening to me so well and you're taking notes and then you're asking me follow up questions. You're not just asking answer, asking answer like a tennis match, but you're also giving me follow up volleys, right? So it's like, uh aha. So based on what you said, so listen to understand, don't listen to respond. And at the end of it, they're like, do you have any questions for us? I'm like, actually, you know what? I already, you answered my questions so well already. In that sense, it feels like a lot a lot more like an organic conversation, which is what we want. So start, get ready for those uh, really annoying, I find them very annoying questions. Tell me about yourself, all of that stuff. I have a lot of um, videos on how to do that on my YouTube channel, including demo answers for anybody who's interested. And so when you're prepared and you practice all of that stuff and make them talk, and then in the end, end strong. You know, this was absolutely uh, wonderful. And I loved uh, um you know spending time with you so so um you know is there anything else that you need from me or you know have i been able to address any of your you know all your questions and concerns and then silence and let them talk cuz perfect then they say something no i think i've got what i need okay so what are the next steps end on that note don't let it hang don't leave it to chance take control get in get back in the driver's seat just because you're in an interview and just because they are the one who's selling a job and you're the one who's buying doesn't mean you don't have the power it's even i'm not going to some people say no it's it's more important you are more important people need people yeah it's both this is a transaction with that ending you're done and then you know if we're not in corona times you're shaking hands strong handshake, strong guy. So content and delivery. So content is what you say and delivery is how you say it. Your posture, your body language, your eye contact, all of that stuff matters 70% more than what you say. So you can have the best answers in the world, but if you're not able to look at them in the eye or your voice is shaking, or you're speaking in a monosyllable voice and the person on the other side is like, what is this? So you don't have inflection in your voice and you don't come across as very confident. It's all perception. And that's where the bias comes in. So with all of this, you go home and within 24 hours, you've got to write 90, 95% of people don't do a follow up. Hey, John, absolutely loved meeting you yesterday. And um, I particularly enjoyed listening to you speak about X and Y. Be specific. Don't write generic stuff. Don't be vanilla. You're not vanilla. You're a big freaking deal. So act like it.
0: (laughs) absolutely i i I love so much of that i mean i i did a little bit of grad interviewing in my career as well and i just on your last point the number of people that wrote a follow-up I, you know i don't need more than two fingers to count them but it made such an no, impression
1: uh, no it was, it absolutely was ah there's one more thing i'm gonna say um because i'm giving you the abridged version because you can you can go really deep in it one more thing will that many people don't do is of course one is follow-up but even while you know even during the interview process Um, rather than just tell, 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 because we all talk a pretty good talk, show them as well. So if you can take something physical, and even if it's a Zoom for that matter, you can take them to a website, anything that you've done, which is visible, it could be a website that you created as a designer. It could be, you know, maybe you were in finance and you were in M&A and you are one of the people responsible for closing a deal and it's out in the public. So anything that's not privileged, confidential information, if you can share it with them, it just brings it to a whole new life. Yeah. Particularly if you're the sort of person who hasn't created content out on, on uh, social media and you know, you're a little bit quiet and on the shy side, this is one way to prove that you're not just a talker, but you're a doer. And the doer is where the magic happens because they see how you're Stuff that you've done is different from everyone else.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I think that's such a powerful point. And and if you're applying for. Grad positions, and you're still at university. You may not have a whole lot of work experience to show for yourself, but you absolutely have the power to create projects to show off your skills. Um, you know, I remember I, yeah. I I was in the same cohort as a guy who was uh, wanting to get a place at Google, which was you know incredibly competitive, uh, certainly back back in the, back in those days. And mm. so he'd put mm. together a you know basically a kind of web app to to really sort of show off what he could do, and got a huge amount of engagement on on campus with it and landed his dream job you know i can think of all sorts of examples these days it's it's so easy now to put out th- put things out in the world and show off what you can do
1: yeah it's really easy now but there's people out there who consider these things risky and i'm going to say don't be that person it's risky not to take risks because otherwise <laughs> yeah. you're like everyone else you're yeah. you're beige you're beige you're vanilla you're not standing out yeah, and you need to stand out. So whether you know it or not, you have a personal brand. It's what people say about you when you're not in the room. So you you do have something, even if it's a, you know you don't think it's it's powerful, but it's there. You've you've got to remember. I mean, you weren't born to fit in. You're born to stand out.
0: Fantastic. Well, look, that's that. Thank you so much for being so generous with with an incredible body of advice. Um, and I know there are, there are there are so many points we could have gone a whole lot deeper. I, I was just wondering if you had any particular resources or places you wanted to, to signpost people to, to to maybe go a bit deeper into to some of the things we've been talking about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my website has a lot of information. I, I publish a lot of free content to help. Um, Whether it's job seekers, ambitious professionals or anyone else, it's uh, superchargeyourself.com and it's got my social media links, but I am the most active on uh, LinkedIn. So, you know, if you're interested to know more, just just connect with me on LinkedIn and, and follow my work there and I'd reply to every single message and every single comment
0: fantastic. We'll put that link the links both to to your website superchargeyourself.com and, and mm-hmm. your your LinkedIn in the in the show notes to make it nice and easy for people to find you. Looks so and I thank thanks once again. I, I always wrap up uh, with uh, something I sometimes call the the time machine question. Uh, mm-hmm. If you could go back in time and and talk to yourself, you know, maybe to sort of around that point in time where you're you're kind of going through university, uh thinking about your path into the world and you know getting that first job and so forth. Would you have any particular advice for you back then that you wish you'd followed uh, with, with mm. hindsight?
1: Mm. I love this question. Um, if I could talk to the skinny, younger <laughs> sonor. <Yeah. laughs> um, you know, there, there was a time when I didn't like this question and I used to think, you know, it was meant to be this way. I was meant to go down this road and I, I don't want to change anything. But having said that, I'm going to answer this in a little different way. Um, so I'm not going to talk to the teenage Sonal because I think I was very confident as a teenager and in my early 20s. Something happened to me around the time that I did my MBA I lost a lot of confidence and I had massive imposter syndrome and I thought others were smarter than I am. And I was very, I was very far behind. I even went, um, because I I said pregnant, I went to do the MBA with a tiny little baby and I just thought I'm in the wrong place. So the one advice I would have, you know, to that (laughs) 28 year old uh, Sonal and anyone else who's listening, maybe you're 18 and it's still applicable to you. Just the belief in yourself Just be aware that it might waver during your life. And people say, go out there, make a difference, be confident, be yourself. Yes, but life is is zigzag. It's not a straight line. So continue to believe in yourself, even when nobody else does. And even if everybody else does, but you don't believe in yourself, because that makes all the difference. And you're so unstoppable. And you stop thinking about what people say about you when you believe in yourself and what you're here and what you're meant to do.
0: That's powerful stuff and feels like a a fantastic note to end on. Um, Couldn't couldn't agree more. Sonal, thank you ever so much once again.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Will.
0: Fantastic stuff. I would highly recommend following Sonal Bal on LinkedIn, as well as subscribing to her podcast, How I Got Hired, for more wisdom and insights on how you can get hired. Uh, And her website is at superchargeyourself.com. I'll put all those links, as always, in the show notes for you. Thanks again for listening today. And to leave you with a parting thought, if you're working on job applications at the moment, I'm conscious that your time probably feels quite precious. Because you might not have as much time to study as you like, because you're working on all those job applications, yet it feels more important than ever to get the grades in order to impress your future employers. So to help you out, I've put together some of my top tips on how to study the smart way uh, with my time-saving advice in my exam success cheat sheet. You can download a copy for yourself at examstudyexpert.com forward slash free tips. Discover how to study smarter, not harder, and ace your exams. That's examstudyexpert.com forward slash free tips. And with that, thanks again for listening today. It's been such a pleasure to have you with us and wishing you every success, both with your studies and with any applications you've got coming up. I'll see you again soon. If you've got exams coming up, you can now get all of William's favourite tips and tricks to save you time and get you higher grades all in one handy cheat sheet grab your copy at examstudyexpert.com slash free tips thanks again for listening and see you soon